Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juice and the Numbers, Youth Statistics and Sports Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Tracy, and I'm riding solo today in a rare turn of events. Um, we've done this a few times before, you and I. <laughs> uh, Corwin is, uh, is, is absent from recording because, uh, believe it or not, we have lives outside of this, and uh, his just got in the way today. Um, is what it is, man. We're all people. And as a result of not having my good friend and confidant here, I'll be riding solo on this, and it'll probably be a little bit shorter. So, if that makes you mad, suck a dick. Uh, <laughs> so, since Corwin's not here, not going to talk about the championship games quite yet. There's still time uh, when we... Because we now have the bye week between the championship games in the NFL and the Super Bowl. Uh, that gives us uh, plenty of time to to get back together Sunday and recap the championship games and look forward towards the two teams that made the Super Bowl and, you know, do matchups and predictions and whatnot. But, yeah, so look out for that on Monday's episode, I guess. Uh, in the meantime, news that has been going down. Uh, the MLB Hall of Fame voting came out yesterday, the official announcement, and no one made it. It was a, a, a blanking. Nobody made the Hall of Fame this year. And that is not, I guess, unexpected, but still interesting. So let's look at some some trends Uh from from last year to this year. So first, let's look at the people who dropped off the ballot. Um, of our first year people, the only people to remain on the ballot are uh, Mark Beerley, who we did an episode about. He got 11% of the vote. Uh, Tory Hunter got 9.5% of the vote. And Tim Hudson got 5.2%. So we just, just snuck in there. You need, you need at least 5% to stay each year. Um, so falling off the ballot this year, uh, Aramis Ramirez, who's on 1% of ballots, it's four ballots overall. Uh, Latroy Hawkins, who got 0.5% of the vote, two ballots overall. And Barry Zito, who got 0.2% of the ballots, one single man voted for Barry Zito. I would not be surprised if it was Barry Zito. Barry Zito. But that means that A.J. Burnett, Shane Victorino, Dan Heron, uh, Michael Cudier and Nick Swisher all all did not uh, meet the minimum required threshold to remain on the ballot, which means that their time on the traditional means of making the MLB Hall of Fame are run through. Um, as has been discussed, there's always the, uh, what do they call it? The committee of uh, fucking elders that gets together and looks at uh, players who have fallen off the ballot and previous years and whether they are worthy of a revisiting in terms of their uh, resume qualifying them. Uh, it's doubtful any of these guys are going to make it, but, you know, even with that means, but fucking, oh, well, is what it is. So let's look at the people who have been on in years past and, and how they changed from last year. So we'll start at the bottom and work our way up. Bobby Abreu this year finished with 8.7% of the ballots, 35 Ballots overall. Bobby Abreu last year finished at 5.5% of the ballots, so he saw a few more 
A few more people go in the uh, the Bobby Abreu route. We got 13 more votes this year. It is uh, not a promising trend for him to ultimately make the Hall of Fame, but um, hey, he, you know he's out for another year. And with how much controversy is probably going to be surrounding the next batch of ballots, which I guess we can get into, um, <laughs> because it'll be a doozy. Uh, hey, maybe he stands a chance, but at, you know it's only a one-year difference, but. Rate-wise, it's not looking great. Uh, Andy Pettit's third year on the ballot, he got 13.7% of people to vote for him. Last year, he got 11.3%. So again, an increase, not a lot. Um, Sammy Sosa this year was on 17% of ballots. It's his ninth year in uh, of eligibility. Last year, he was on 13.9% of ballots. So another minor increase, and it does not bode well. If if Barry Bonds and Kurt, uh, Robert Roger Clemens took large steps forward, and I'm talking like 20 percentage point step forward, maybe we'd see momentum for Sammy Sosa in his final year of eligibility next year, but that looks exceedingly unlikely with this really small advancement. Um, as it stands right now, he would need to get an additional uh, fucking 58 percentage points worth of ballots. That's an additional... Uh, Let's see. He's at sixty-eight. He's on sixty-eight ballots right now, and I, I think you need raw ballot-wise. I think you need like two hundred ninety-one, something like that. So he would need another two hundred twenty-three ballots, which is almost triple or almost quadruple what he has right now. Uh, so we need a three hundred percent increase. It's just not. It's just not going to happen. Um, so this is likely the end of the Sammy Sosa run, but we'll see how things shake out next year. Who knows? Maybe the conversation changes. Manny Ramirez is on 28.2% of ballots this go around. Last time he was on 28.2% of ballots. He got 112 votes last time. He got 113 votes this time. That is zero movement. He might stand a better chance than Sosa because this is only uh, Manny Ramirez's fifth year on the ballot, but to be seen. Jeff Kent. Eighth year on the ballot, 32.4% of the votes. Last year, Jeff Kent got 27.5, so moved up seven entire percentage points. I don't know. I don't know how Jeff Kent's future fares. Um, you know, we talked about a lot of these top 10 percentage vote-getters and how they look going forward. Um, I don't think we thought Jeff Kent was going to get very far. He's got a couple of years left to show it. That was a, it's a pretty decent jump. It's not enough for him to get that same amount each time, but maybe he's turning some heads again. You know, Larry Walker got in on his 10th year. We'll see what fucking happens. Uh, Andrew Jones got 33.9% of the ballot this year. Last year, Andrew Jones got 19.4% of the ballot. So if you were listening earlier when I said Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens need, need like a 20 percentage jump, there it is. It happens. It's not silly. Um, Andrew Jones getting a lot more recognition this time around. He is, um, certainly a hall of famer by play, but we'll get into a, a renewed conversation around the quality of folk heading to the hall of fame and how that should be weighed going forward. Uh, anywho, Gary Sheffield, his seventh year on the bout, 40.6% of the vote last time around 30.5. So that's a 10 percentage point jump over. This is Gary Sheffield's seventh year on the ballot. So, ah, I don't know. Um, if he gets three more of those, he'd still be short of making the hall of fame. He's sitting at 70%. He needs 75, but maybe that 10 point jump is fortuitous. Who the fuck knows? Todd Helton, third year. 
44.9%. Todd Helton last year, 292 It's a nice 15 percentage point jump. Todd Helton only in his third year. So he's certainly gaining momentum on the pace that one would need to make the Hall of Fame. We'll keep an eye out for that future years. Billy Wagner, his sixth year on, 46.4%. Billy Wagner last time around, 31.7. So also a 15-point jump. Maybe people vote for them synonymously, simultaneously. Fuck you. That's the word I was looking for. Um, Omar Vizquel, 49.1% of the votes this time around. Omar last time, 52.6. Omar's the first guy we have that went down. Now, there was the story that broke uh, right around the beginning of Hall of Fame voting that Omar Vizquel had a domestic uh, abuse and domestic violence I, Jesus Christ, sorry, folks. I don't know what the, a, a, a charge of domestic violence against him or an accusation anyway, which I'm suspecting severely affected his vote getting rightfully. So again, more on that as we loop to the end of this conversation, but, um, I would, he was on a pretty strong storming path to get to the hall based on his previous year's growth. And like I said, in 2020, he got a 52.6% of the vote. And in 2019, um, he ended up getting, where are you, Omar, 2019, uh, 42.8. So he, he had made a 10-point jump uh, from his second year to his, his third year. Uh, and his uh, his first year, Omar got 37. So he, he was doing well. This will probably spell the end of his likely ability to make the Hall of Fame um, just based on the direction the conversations are heading. But again, we shall see. Scott Rowland, 52.9% of the ballot this time around. Scott Rowland last time, 35.3. It's a 17 percentage point jump. It's stupid. It's taking this long. Um, if there was anybody that should have made the Hall of Fame, basically for sure, um, since there's no conversations around him painting any negative light, I would have to imagine it should have been Scott Rowland's year, 70.1 war, as we've talked about before. Uh, but fuck us, I guess, right? The average everyday baseball fan, fuck us. Um, all right, that brings us to the top three guys, all ninth year eligibility dudes. Scott Rowland, by the way, just to look back, will likely make the Hall of Fame only his fourth year. He only needs 23 additional percentage points worth of votes to get in. He's in a very good place to do so. Uh, Roger Clemens, last time around, last year, um, sorry, this year, got 61.6% of the ballot. Roger Clemens, last time, 61. So he got 242 total votes last year, uh, 247 votes this year. So five additional votes. That just doesn't seem like it's going to be enough. Again, unless something startling happens, uh, which ninth year on the ballot, I just don't see happening. Um, the only person I could think of that had such a similar jump, maybe Larry Walker. Yeah. Larry Walker, his ninth year, he got 54% of the ballot and then made the hall of fame the next year, getting 76.6% of the ballot. So there's a 22% jump in his last year of eligibility. So could it happen for bonds and, and, um, Clemens, uh, sure, is it likely? No. Speaking of Bonds, 61.8% of the ballots this year. Uh, Bonds last year, uh, 
60.7, coming in with 241 total bouts. So what's funny about it is that 200 last year, 2020, Clemens 242 ballots, Bonds 241. So there's one fucking guy who voted for Clemens and not Bonds, which is like, how do you do that? They both have over 100 war. The only thing you have against them in an on-the-field sense, which again, stay tuned, um, is the PED usage, which they're both equals in. So I don't understand where that separation is. This year, uh, Bonds, 248 ballots. Clemens, 247. Which means that's that uh, fucking seven additional people voted for Bonds. And then only, but only six people were like, yeah, I'll throw Clemens a bone here too. And, uh, or five people. Yeah. Um, which, which is like, where, why, who, how do you get there? Meant, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, and finally, our favorite, uh, the worst name, the worst person that I think we'll ever see on this ballot. Um, Kurt Schilling, luckily falling short in his, uh, I guess strongest bid thus far. Um, he got not 71.1% of the vote last year. He got 70% of the vote, but many people apparently, uh, tried to contact the MLB hall of fame voting commission to get them to, uh, alter their ballots to take Schilling off the ballot after he supported the insurrection on January 6th which they got told that they could not. Um, so there's a very strong chance that um, if he were to be on the ballot next year, which apparently Kurt Schilling is looking to rescind his own um, eligibility for the ballot, so there's like a good chance that, he that won't even end up happening, um, that he wouldn't fucking get in anyway. So he's being a, a fucking whiny little bitch and doesn't want to deal with the fact that no one fucking likes him, or at least not enough people like him. So that's where we stand. So there's a lot to address with the top of this ballot. And it's 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 been a conversation for a while now that I think the sports community has been slowly getting better at. Certainly not at the pace at which they need to, um, which was, you know, like 60 years ago, but whatever. Um, getting better at understanding quote-unquote off-the-field implications um, are still fucking serious. Like, I don't care that Bonds and Clemens did steroids. I I think I think a lot of people in my generation, I don't know, Corbin doesn't care. I think a lot of people in my generation don't give a shit. Because who cares? It's a game. And, and they were really good at it. And that shouldn't matter. However, it's it's been made more of a talking point the fact that both these guys also have domestic violence uh, accusations against them and that's a line cheating corking your bat um using like stickum or pine tar or whatever man fucking half the league does that shit anyway you know that that's not a big deal and the fact of the matter is, is that so many people do it that the fact that you can still be, the fact that you're good almost almost doesn't matter if you're doing it or not because so much like it's not like everyone who does it is universally going to be a hall of famer it's just not how it works so that's just, that's in factor in not everyone beats people up 
not everyone abuses their their girlfriend, their partners, their significant others, whatever. And the MLB is failing in this respect in a very similar way into how they failed with steroids, which is if you leave it up to the writers to have to make moral decisions, you are going to get a wild swath of terrible moral positions based on who the voting body or the writing body of the sport is. And the fact that we're talking about the sports community, which overwhelmingly has been hostile to women for decades. And we're at a point, societally, I hope, where we're giving more room for these things to be conversations in regards to how are we going to treat the history of the of our sports? Who are these people? And the reality of it is, there will be a textbook that has Barry Bonds' home run record in it. There is going to be baseball reference I'm staring at right now that will have Barry Bonds' home run record in it. You don't need to build a shrine to Barry Bonds if he's a terrible fucking human just because he hit a bunch of home runs. You don't need to build a shrine or you know have a whole bunch of plaques commemorating Roger Clemens if you try to solicit sex from a minor. Those are bad people. And by leaving the morality question of who and why we're putting people in the MLB Hall of Fame into the hands of people who cover the sport and not making those types of decisions for them by having an appropriate ethics body weighing who gets their name on the ballot in the first place, doing a massive disservice to our society. In large part because the voters suck. And if they had integrity, this wouldn't be so much of a question, but also the fact that we're going to have to bring to light a lot of traumatic experiences for a lot of people. No, no, no woman deserves to have abuse weighed as a pro or con or as, you know, as a con against a pro for how many uh, fucking strikeouts Roger Clemens got. Uh, yeah, you know, he beat someone up, but no, no. And even if someone does the right thing and doesn't vote for Roger Clemens for that or Barry Bonds for that, that's going to have to be brought up as the reason why. Or unless it's steroids, which again, who gives a shit? And it and it's astonishing that these things aren't vetted because it wouldn't take much work. It's just that they don't care. That's really all it is. Because if we can have, you know, rules about how many years you served in baseball and, you know, to make to make the ballot and how many percentage points of votes you need to get to remain on the ballot, we can do all of this tabulation and analysis, then why can't you have a small group of people be like, I don't, 
yeah, I mean, this guy had like a lot of DRS, but man, was he a piece of shit? And he should not be eligible. It's just because they don't give a shit. And it's, again, this point that always comes back around when we talk about sports, which is... If... If you're a fan, it shouldn't be on you to have to vet these fucking people. It shouldn't be on you to have to weigh how happy you are about a team's win if the wrong guys are on the mound. Because the sport should remove that issue from the conversation by handling it. And they don't. There's bans now for domestic violence. Are they strict enough? Do they mean enough? The bans for steroids are a fuck ton worse. And in the grand scheme of life, steroids seems a lot less worse than beating somebody up in an abusive fashion, especially. So I've come around on it because I really wasn't informed about it at all, for being honest. It's just never something I would have thought to look into. When Corin and I have these conversations of, you know, does, uh, you know, we had a whole co- talk about Omar Vizquel about whether or not he should make the Hall of Fame, like, like, uh, like two days before the fucking domestic abuse story broke. And not once did we think to look into his back background because it, you don't think, like, we all know baseball and football, which is having its own drama right now, uh, with a Seattle Seahawks player that I, I hope gets kicked the fuck out of the league. Um, but, you know, you, you, you don't assume, or you, you know that the leagues aren't vetting these people as they should. But you also, at least me, I don't actively think about it right away because it feels like something that should be handled by the league, even though I know they're not handling it. And, you know, I try to, like, make a case for Omar because I wanted to respect the defensive element of baseball. And I made a... We did, like, we did like 40 fucking minutes on Omar Vizquel. And all that shit goes out the window the second that story breaks. Rightfully so. And the thing is, if that story has merit, Omar should be off the ballot next year. And the, the Bonds and Clemens shit, that shit, those are old stories. Again, granted, I didn't know them because, I, you know, Bonds and Clemens were the the tail end of their careers was the beginning of like my conscious fandom. You know, when you start learning a few more names in baseball than just the handful, you know, for me, it was like the core four guys were like basically the only fucking ball players I knew the names of. and Everyone else was just a jersey. Um, so I, I don't have full recollections of their prime time of being in the news um, just because I was too young. So I wouldn't have known the stories, but I mean, now, now that, now that I do, and now that we have a better sense of, uh, what matters when talking about sports, take this out of their hands. Cause it's disappointing. It's disappointing that this has to be a conversation because it doesn't have to be a conversation if MLB handled it. And we're going to have these same conversations when it comes to football, I'm sure, when it comes to hockey, when it, every sport, every sport has these issues. The leagues have to get better about handling them. Selfishly, too, it is bad press for baseball. 
to to have this be a conversation every time the Hall of Fame comes around. And there's a cold-blooded, cruel position on it. But the fact that the cold-blooded, cruel position is still the morally correct one shows that they should really fucking do it. Because the only reason they're not is that they suck and they don't give a shit. Kurt Schilling is a whole different bag of worms. Uh, look, man, if you're listening to this and you voted for Kurt Schilling, fuck you. <laughs> like, fuck you. And if you're one of the handful of people that wanted to try to take um, your vote back for Kurt Schilling after the insurrection, fuck you especially. He's, he's been telling you who he is for years. It's not a matter of, of like or dislike of the personal politics of a man. Mariano Rivera is a Trump supporter. He got 100% of the ballot two years ago. This guy's a nut job. He's a fucking nut job. That's why he's not going, uh, why people don't like him. That's why people don't want him in the Hall of Fucking Fame. He's a fucking lunatic. That's a guy you want to be able to spend money, make money, uh, uh, selling himself as an MLB Hall of Famer for the rest of his fucking life. Because to have that tag, is to have that plaque. Fuck that guy. Fuck him. There is a colossal difference between voting R and supporting literal insurrection. Fuck that guy. It's different. I'm hoping between now and next year's ballot, maybe there's a shakeup. I know there's been a bunch of other guys whose names have been have been um, mentioned as having domestic abuse claims made against them that are still on the ballot. And maybe if we have an optimistic outlook on the way that this these types of matters will be handled by sports as a whole and by baseball in particular going forward maybe we'll see a different looking ballot next year that has a f- lot fewer names on it i don't know um you know the only guy i have to say anything about in terms of baseball acumen scott Rowland. he should be in the hall of fame i hope he is um soon he deserves it for sure but we we've, we've got to be better man I mean, that's all there is to it. We've got to be better. I mean, how how are you going to vote? How are you going to vote for for Barry Bonds and then like tell somebody, yeah, you know, he hit a bunch of women, but man, look at those home runs. Who are you? Why? Fuck you. That's who you want to be. It's not who you should want to be. So real quick, you know, I know it's kind of a down note. I want to have a little bit of fun at the end of this and look forward to next year's ballot, which um, I'm looking at right now. It actually has a fuck ton of names on it, uh, brand new names. So uh, real quick, just kind of bobbing and weaving, hopping and dancing through them uh, just for, 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 for shits and giggles here at the uh, end of the show. Um, man, this is a lot of names. All right, let's take it one by one. So uh, Ryan Vogel's song will be on the ballot next year. Um, <laughs> he finished his career with 1.2 war? Played for 12 years and he had 1.2 career war. I was wondering why I didn't know who he was, and now I know. Oh, man. How? What? Wait, 0.6 war? What's the real story? Man, what the fuck? Oh, 0.62. 0.6 pitching war, I see. Oh, my God. This is, uh... 
<laughs> wow. Um, all right, so he's not making the Hall of Fame. Uh, Javier Lopez and his eight war. 14 years, mostly with the San Francisco Giants. He ain't making the Hall of Fame. Uh, Jeff Francoeur with his 6.8 war and his 12-year career, mostly with the Atlanta Braves. He will not make the Hall of Fame. Colby Lewis and his 9 war in uh, 11 years, mostly with the Texas Ranger, Texas Rangers. He will not make the Hall of Fame. Billy Butler, 11.9 war in 10 years, mostly with the Kansas City Royals. He will not make the Hall of Fame. Oh, my God. I'm just going to power through. Here's all. The, oh, actually, that's an interesting name. All right, then I'm going to stop powering through. I'm not going to power through. I changed my mind. Uh, <laughs> um, Matt Thornton, 13.4 war in 13 years, mostly with the Chicago White Sox. He will not make the Hall of Fame. Omar Infante um, with his career 16.9 war. 15 years, mostly with the Detroit Tigers. He will not make the Hall of Fame. Here's an interesting name. Ryan Howard, uh, who only had 14.7 war, which is news to me. Uh, spent his entire career with the Philadelphia Phillies. He There's no, like, there's no way he makes the Hall of Fame with 14 war. It just doesn't happen. Um, apparently he had 22.8 OR, but negative 17 DWAR, which is just impressive. But here's a guy, rookie of the year in his first full year in the bigs, MVP his second full year in the bigs, fifth place MVP finished, second place, third place, and then two top 10 finishes, uh, three-time all-star, silver slugger, world series winner, NLCS MVP. What a weird resume for a guy with 14 war. So, uh, he's not going to make the Hall of Fame, but I was not expecting him to be uh, quite so low on this list. Uh, anyway, there's actually a bunch of interesting names. All right, I'll power through a couple and then get to some more interesting ones. Uh, Angel Pagan, 18 war, uh, 11 years, mostly with the Giants, won't make the Hall of Fame. Uh, Kyle Losey. Los? I always forget how to pronounce this fucker's guy's name. Uh, 18.9 war in uh, 16 years, mostly with the Twins. He will not make the Hall of Fame. AJ Pajinski, everyone's least favorite player. Um, dude fucking sucks. Uh, he's a dick. Played 19 years. He's an asshole. <laughs> Spent most of it with Chicago. Fuck this guy. He ain't making the Hall of Fame. 23.8 war. It doesn't matter. Uh, Jonathan Papelbon. Uh, who will be an interesting conversation for the reliever category because it has been more of a thing in the um, since like the Trevor Hoffman ballot where he made it to um, consider uh, closers. Um, so Jonathan Pathbont, only 23.3 war, but he has 368 saves, which is a, a lot. Um, spent most of, his, most of his career with Boston, has a World Series win, six-time All-Star. So, uh, low on the list of war getters, but a sneaky, probably going to get a decent chunk of votes kind of guy. Uh, Juan Uribe, 22.7 war in 16 seasons, mostly with the Dodgers. He will not make the Hall of Fame. And now another very interesting name, Tim Lincecum, which blows my mind he's already in the Hall of Fame ballot because it feels like he just 
fucking retired and also tried to make a comeback. <laughs> um, so 19.6 war. Two-time Cy Young, four-time All-Star, three-time World Series winner. Won his Cy Youngs in back-to-back seasons. Uh, then fo- fin- followed them up with a 10th place Cy Young finish and a 6th place Cy Young finish. Um, at one point or another, he led the league in win-loss percent, game started, complete games, complete game shutouts, uh, earned runs allowed, uh, strikeouts three times, wild pitches three times, ERA plus once, FIP twice, uh, hits per nine once, not in the way you'd want it, by the way. Uh, oh, actually, no, in the way you'd want it. It was low. That's good. Uh, home runs per nine once and strikeouts per nine three times. Um, prime Tim Lincecum from 08 to like 2010 uh, was unfucking touchable. And I don't think he's likely to make the Hall of Fame because while his peak was like crazy, um, it didn't like last as long as the Sandy Koufax peak, where it's like, yeah, he doesn't have a lot of war, but his peak was stupid and it lasted, you know, like a good solid seven years, whereas Tim's does not. So it'll be an interesting conversation. It'll be fun to hear Tim Lincecum's name in baseball talk again, because he's always seemed like a really cool dude. Um, I hope, fingers crossed, I guess, um, and has a really fun peak with what was a very good Giants team, but um, yeah, we'll see. All right, powering through a few more. Scott Casimir, 22.6 war over the course of 12 years, mostly with the Rays. He will not make the Hall of Fame. Uh, Michael Bourne, 22.8 war, 11 years, mostly with Houston. He will not make the Hall of Fame. Uh, Joe Nathan, 26.7 war, over 16 years, mostly with Minnesota. He will not make the Hall of Fame. Prince Fielder, a favorite. Um, 23.8 war, 12 seasons, mostly with Milwaukee. He's not likely to make the Hall of Fame, um, but it'll be, again, also fun hearing Prince Fielder's name thrown around a little bit in baseball talk because who doesn't fucking love Prince Fielder? It's such a fun little peek. Um, not little, uh, had, had a fun peak. I don't want to be like weirdly disrespectful. Um, he's a super fun player. Anyway, uh, Marlon bird, 25.8 war 15 years. Mostly with the Phillies will not make the hall of fame. Uh, Justin Morneau, I believe 27 war 14 years. Mostly with Minnesota. He will not make the hall of fame. Uh, Coco crisp 28.9 war. Uh, over 15 years, mostly with Oakland, he will not make the Hall of Fame, but it would also be fun hearing the Coco Crisp name uh, thrown about. Um, one of the all-time 80 great baseball names. Um, and if you can believe it, folks, all these names I've read so far are still first ballot dudes. Um, we are almost done, I promise. Uh, Jake Peavy, 39.2 war over the course of a uh, 15 years, mostly with the San Diego Padres. He is not likely to make the Hall of Fame, but he is definitely a a very cool resume. Cy Young, Triple Crown, three-time All-Star, two-time World Series winner, Gold Glove, two-time ERA uh, title. But uh, unfortunately, there's just a lot of eh years here. So it's 
it's greatly diminished his overall, I guess, performance value. It feels weird, like, judging players like this, but this is how it is. So, uh, not likely to make the Hall of Fame, but it'll be nice to have him mentioned again. I imagine he'll be like some of the names we read earlier on, where he'll get, like, a couple percentage points of the ballots just for people who remember him and like him, and, you know, it'll probably be it. Carl Crawford. 39.1 war over the course of 15 years, mostly for the Tampa Bay Rays. Also not likely to make the Hall of Fame. Also was a very fun player, so it'll be fun hearing the Carl Crawford name again. That's just fun to say. Carl Crawford. Uh, Jimmy, oh, Jimmy Rollins. Um, 47.6 war. He played for 17 years, mostly with the Phillies. MVP, three-time All-Star, 08 World Series, four gold gloves, silver slugger, led the league. In plate appearances three times, at-bats four times, runs once, triples four times, and stolen bases once. He had um, finished third in MVP voting uh, and then had two top ten MVP finishes with one of those being a win. Super fun player. Uh, not likely to make the Hall of Fame because of just how high that threshold tends to be. But, man, it'll be fun talking about Jimmy Rollins again going forward. Oh, man childhood flashbacks uh mark Teixeira, as we're approaching the end of this list 50.6 war uh 14 years mostly with the yankees uh three-time all-star world series winner five-time gold glove three-time silver slugger uh finished second place in mvp voting one year it was his high water mark in uh in 2009 uh, he led the league in runs once, home runs once, RBIs once, total bases twice, and uh, <laughs> sack flies once. Watch out. Um, super nice guy from what I hear him uh, give interviews. It'll also be fun to reminisce on his Yankees years. I do not think he'll make the Hall of Fame uh, as a cursory first opinion, first take, but... Uh, It'll certainly be fun. I think he's one of those guys that like might float on the ballot for a couple of years at low percentages. Um, yeah, but I, I don't think he has any staying power. So leaving that to the side. Two guys left, and they're the big ones. So they've been floating around on Twitter a lot over these past few days. Uh, first up, Big Poppy, David Ortiz. 55.3 war over the course of, four, of 20 seasons all Sorry, actually not all of them. I always forget he played for Minnesota for six years. Uh, most of it was with Boston, 14, six seasons with Minnesota. Uh, 10-time All-Star, three-time World Series winner, World Series MVP, seven-time Silver Slugger, and the ALCS MVP uh, from one of his playoff runs. He led the league in doubles once his final year in the league. Big poppy. Uh, home runs once, RBIs three times, walks twice, on base percentage once, slugging percent once, OPS once, and intentional walks three times. Now, his war is a little bit low at 55.3. However, he did most of his career as a DH and therefore accrued no D-war and got a negative war adjustment in all likelihood as a result of that. So, if we are, again, removing ourselves from the PED conversation, and tabling that for a later discussion, talking strictly baseball, it is very likely we'll see David Ortiz in the Hall of Fame. It's tough to know what that's going to look like based on just how the ballot shakes out next year. This is going to bring about 
a whole new round of conversation into the steroids use in baseball, but fucking we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Uh, but in all likelihood, without PEDs, David Ortiz in the Hall of Fame. Which brings us to the last guy, Alex Rodriguez. 117.5 war, three-time MVP, 14-time All-Star, 09 World Series winner, two-time Golden Glove, 10-time Silver Slugger, a batting title, and three times Major League Player of the Year. And a second place MVP finish in 96, third place in 2000, sixth place in 01, second place in 02, won it, didn't win it, won it, didn't win it, won it, and then had uh, three top 15 finishes immediately after that. He led the league in plate appearances once, at bats once, runs five times, hits once, doubles once, home runs. Five times RBIs twice, batting average once, slugging percent three times, OPS twice, OPS plus twice, total bases four times. Um, over his career, he managed to amass 115.3 OWAR and 10.4 DWAR, which in all likelihood would have been higher had he not switched to third base when joining the Yankees. Um, he played for 22 fucking seasons, most of which with the Yankees, with significant time in Seattle and a minor stint in Texas. Um, he played from 94 to 2013, was suspended for PEDUs the entirety of 2014, and then played out two more seasons with the Yankees, 2015 and 2016, before kind of being forced out a little bit. Um he is a controversial player when it comes to these types of talks. He is he failed a PED test publicly in a very controversial fashion which was going to make a much bigger sticking point out of steroids talks than Clemens and Bonds were, were had because there was not the full scandal embroiling them the way it embroiled A-Rod. However, this also means we're going to get another consecutive 10 years of dude, someone on the ballot with over 100 war, having a conversation about whether or not we let them in due to steroids use. So this conversation is not likely to go away anytime in the near future. Um, David Ortiz, to a lighter degree, because he never failed a public test, I believe, but A-Rod, who had a legal battle and a whole fucking mess of a conclusion to his career, uh, will certainly have this be a big old discussion for way longer than anybody cares to have it. So, that's what we have to look forward to on the ballot for 2022. It's a huge ballot. It's going to be very interesting to see how it's all handled. Um, but all things in time. Um, so I ended up going for a while here. So you're fucking welcome. You goddamn bitch. <laughs> uh, whoever it is, is listening to this, but <laughs> I love you. Um, so, you know, we will 
because there's no, there's not going to be any induction ceremony this year. We'll probably won't talk about the Hall of Fame until the voting cycle renews at the tail end of next, I guess, tail end of this year, December of this year into January of next year. Uh, and we'll we'll see what direction the MLB decides to take with it. Hopefully, there is a more proactive um, measures around how to approach the ballot next year rather than reactive. But now ah, we're already at the reactive point, so hopefully, MLB reacts fucking accordingly. But we'll see. Uh, check out next week or uh, fucking Monday's episode as we do recaps of the championship games. And look forward towards the Super Bowl. Maybe talk a little bit of hockey. We'll see. We'll see what's going on. I don't know everything. I don't know anything. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. If you want to hit us up via email, you can do so at JuicingTheNumbers at gmail.com. And until Monday, y'all have a good one.